Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. Thirst this morning, Jesus. Lord, I am excited to come into your presence again this morning. I declare your praise to the ends of the whole earth. I declare your praise for the whole universe to hear this morning. I magnify you because you are King of kings and Lord of lords. I magnify you because you are the God of the whole earth. You are the God of the entire universe. I magnify you, O God, because you are bigger, bigger than the biggest. You are greater than the greatest. You are almighty God. We declare this morning, Alpha and Omega, receive all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare this morning, Ancient of Days, receive all the glory in the mighty name of Jesus. We declare this morning, the Lord of Heaven's armies, receive all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, because you are the only one who does not change. Scripture says that you remain the same. We can be confident this morning that you remain the same. Be magnified, precious Lord. As we read our Bibles again this morning, Lord, and as we spend this time in your presence, we ask, Lord, speak to us once again. Let your words fill our hearts this morning and cause your name to be glorified in our lives once more. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome. A big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy. I am Murphy Ayenike. We continue our study continue our study of the epistles. Uh, yes, we, we are making good time. Yesterday we looked at the book of Hebrews, so naturally today we'll be looking at James. A big thank you to everyone joining in again this morning. Uh, God bless you. The book of James is an interesting book, uh, first of all, because we do not know exactly, exactly which James wrote this book okay um there are quite a few james mentioned in the bible but two naturally stands out james the son of zebedee and james the brother of jesus okay so i think it would be safe to assume that because this book makes the canonization and we know um we know that the canonization paid attention to including books in the bible that were linked directly to the apostles the apostles who walked with jesus okay it was one basic criteria for any scripture to have made it through the canonization okay we can say that confidently 
Baptist was either James, the son of Zebedee, the brother of John, or James, the brother of Jesus. However, okay, um, most scholars believe and agree that this is likely James, the brother of Jesus. So if this is James, the brother of Jesus, then a few things become readily clear. Um, of course, would have known Jesus very, very well, would have been well grounded as a Jew, just as Jesus was grounded in knowing the scripture. They were taking their parents, Mary and Joseph, took them regularly to the temple. And so they were well grounded in the Jewish faith. But we know that during the earthly ministry of Jesus, uh, of course, they were not uh, they were not going about with him. At least James was not. Because at one point, when Jesus was ministering, they told him that his mothers and his brothers were there to see him. And though while that was at the, more like the beginning of Jesus' ministry, uh, they had come to come and take him home. Okay? They had not come to come and support his ministry. They came to take him home. So, during the earthly ministry of Jesus, uh, James was likely not one, of course, would have been paid attention to Jesus, maybe check out, in, check him out whenever he was going about from place to place. But James was not like the day-to-day -day one of the apostles. Now, I believe Personally, I believe that this is James, the brother of Jesus. Why? Uh, 1, Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Paul gives us a very important detail there. And then when we look at the speech that James, the brother of Jesus, because it was made clear in the book of Acts, the speech that he gave, when he addressed the entire church about what they should do now that Paul and Barnabas came with that letter, okay, the, the, the language and the style lines up with the book of James. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and please you will indulge me this morning to read the New King James Version. That's the paperback I have in front of me. Paul was telling us the people that Jesus appeared to. Okay? The people that Jesus appeared to. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse... Let's read from verse 5. It says, And that he was seen by Cephas. Okay? He was talking about those who saw Jesus after he was risen. And that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. So you would think that that verse covered every one of them, okay? All of the 12 apostles, you know, that would have included James, the son of Zebedee, or James, the son of uh, the brother of John, okay? Peter was mentioned first because it means that it, Jesus appeared or saw Peter first, even though we are not giving that account, okay? We're not giving that account in the records of even the Gospels. Jesus saw Jesus on his own. And then the 12th, we know that obviously, you know, uh, some of the other apostles, 
the disciples also saw him. Verse 6 says that after that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once. Jesus was seen was seen by over 500 brethren at once. You see why they were convinced, they were certain that Jesus rose again from the dead, of whom the greater part that among them remains to the present. But some are falling asleep, so some of them have died. Verse 7 says, after that, he was seen by James, and then by all the apostles. Okay? He was seen by James, and in my mind, this is James, his brother, the brother of Jesus. Okay? So, it tells me that after Jesus rose again from the dead, no, don't miss it up. James, his brothers, okay, Judas, and the rest of them, they, they believed, of course, they would have seen the many wonderful things that Jesus did as a little child. Okay, so they knew his ministry, but uh, when he started out, they just didn't go al along, along with him. So he appeared to James, and I think that converted James to being a Christian. And then from there, James, James, James took off like that. Okay, so uh, that's how we 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 position James. Now the book of James, obviously, this um, is a it's a well grounded Jew. Okay, and so if you read the, through the book of James, James primarily and practically, you know, pays attention to ethics. How believers should live, emphasizing on our duties, what we sh what Christians should pay attention to doing. But you will notice that it is written to Jewish, especially to Jewish believers, not to the Gentiles. Okay, and again, this is the first letter in in the New Testament that we are certain was not written by Paul. So please get your Bibles. Let's read together this morning. We'll read our first chapter and then we'll read our conclusion. Um, so generally, our addressing matters about faith, about prayer, you know, James touches different things here and there. Temptation touches different things here and there. Okay? And I'm telling you, if you listen to James, it will help you Okay, how you live as a Christian, pay attention to it. It says this letter is from James, James chapter 1. This letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am writing to the 12 tribes, Jewish believers scattered abroad. Greetings. So it meant this letter was focused, was taken to wherever you had Jewish believers gathered. Of course, we know when James died, okay? Most historians agree that James died at AD 62. AD 62, okay? So, James would have been one of the epistles written, okay? After Paul's epistles, especially Paul's earlier epistles, James has to be one of the earliest Okay, because we remember also that he gave that speech. Was it in Acts, Acts chapter, is it Acts chapter, Acts chapter 15 now? 
or was yes maybe Acts chapter 15 he gave that speech where he addressed he addressed the entire church when Paul and Barnabas came okay with that message uh, Acts chapter is it 12 or so I can't remember now okay so it's one of the earliest epistles that was written and uh, James was primarily writing to Jewish believers he said I'm writing to the 12 tribes Jewish believers scattered abroad greetings says dear brothers and sisters when troubles of any kind come your way consider it an opportunity to an opportunity for great joy <laughs> hey okay so of course the troubles will will continue from there we know eventually that you know um eventually when the persecution of the church begins and then on like that eventually when Nero will take over and on to Titus the persecution of the church continues James is telling them when troubles of any kind come your way consider it an opportunity for great joy how many of us consider that when trouble comes it is an opportunity for joy what kind of joy is that? Somebody will have said, <laughs> the joy of holding on to the word of God. <laughs> and being able to say, Lord, I add on to my faith to the very end. He said, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Since for you know, you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Endurance has a chance to grow only when it is tested. Faith has a chance to grow, sorry, only when it is tested. The strength of your faith, the endurance of your faith has the opportunity you know, to expand only when it is tested. It says, for you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. Let it grow. Don't be afraid. For tr When trouble comes, don't be scared. Don't go the first thing you do. As soon as trouble comes, you say, why is God doing this to me? Why is God punishing me? You are a baby Christian. Trouble. Eh? <laughs> Events like that, that sometimes comes into your life and you are questioning whether there is God. It is an opportunity. But James is telling us here, for great joy. It says, verse 4, so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed. When it is fully developed, eh, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. When endurance has fully developed, eh, when you have walked with God through the many situations, eh, the situations where you had nothing and you had to hold on to God and God came through for you. The situations where you were praying and praying and praying and you knew that eventually when it came through, it could not have been you. You saw favor, you saw doors open for you eventually, you know, that you, you did not even knock on. God opened them by his divine providence and his mighty power. When you experience God in that dimension, I'm telling you, no one needs to convince you and be begging you about God. 
No one needs to be telling you, uh, serve God, serve God, uh, come to church, and things like that. No. Your, 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 your faith becomes perfect and complete, needing nothing. Some of us have tasted it in this dimension. Eh? We don't need anyone to chase after us to serve God because we are the one chasing after God every day. Okay? So, when you meet Christians who you need to be encouraging to serve God and know that it, they have not come to this level. Verse 5 says, if you need wisdom, so he has moved on to so another subject, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. If you need wisdom, do you need wisdom? Question. <laughs> if you need wisdom, ask God. James says that God is generous. Okay? And you agree with me that God, anyone who gives you his only begotten son, his only begotten son, is his best. The person is generous. <laughs> so, he says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking and I think many Christians take this for granted. You see many Christians display you know, a lack of understanding, a lack of wisdom and understanding, a lack of knowledge about the situation. You know, they don't know how to go to the city. For example, Ecclesiastes says they don't know how to take on the situation. James says if you lack wisdom, ask God and he will not rebuke you. He says, but when you ask him, be sure, be sure, be sure that your faith is in God alone. You see this one alone, eh? even if we, we could take this and just go home. When you are asking God, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Now, this is not applicable only to wisdom. It is applicable to your Christian life. It's applicable to everything, okay, you, would, you could ever ask God. Whenever you come to God to ask him for anything, James is telling us, be sure be sure that your faith is in God alone. It's in God alone. And I'm telling you, listen to me this morning, many times, eh, because some people think that with God, everything is yes, 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 amen. Ah, <laughs> it is because you have not walked with this God. There are many times with God, the answer is no. I am asking God for this. Lord, give me this. Give me this. In my own eyes, it is good. And the answer God is telling me is no. And no, sometimes it's just you are not ready for this right now. Or no, it's, it's not the right season to get this. Okay? If you get this right now, you might misuse it or it might up, up end, up end your faith. Or, but the answer is no. But some of us think that once we ask God, then God has to give us yes for an answer. Okay? So, when you ask God, James is telling us, keep your focus. Keep it on God. Keep it on Him alone. Not that you are asking and you know that you are already rule to the answer. You are already finding solutions on your own. And there's nothing wrong in planning but you, when you are planning and your eyes are on God, it is clear. 
that you are trusting in God. He says, do not waver for a person for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a, as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. When you are un, unsettled like that, when your faith wavers like that, the devil will be throwing you around like a yo-yo. You know how, how a yo-yo goes back and forth. <laughs> you can't achieve nothing. You can achieve nothing like that in God's presence. James says, verse 7, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Okay, so my advice this morning, keep your eyes on God. Simple. Keep your eyes on God and on God alone. It does not stop you from working hard. It does not stop you from planning, but keep your eyes on God. Verse 9. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. Okay? And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them too, since they will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls and its beautiful its beauty fades away in the same way the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. The rich year, James is not saying there is anything wrong in being rich and serving God, keeping your focus on God alone. But Jesus told us that you cannot serve God and mammon. The rich that James is referring to here is someone serving mammon. Someone who has abandoned God, keeps their focus on their riches. James is saying that, look, you will fade away. <laughs> and then you will realize that there are things, there are things that money do not answer. Hallelujah. Verse 12. God blesses those who, who patiently endure testing and temptation and he has moved on to something else. God blesses those who patiently endure tempt, testing and temptation. Two different things, testing and temptation. Testing is usually from God. Temptation is usually from the devil. Testing because it makes your faith stronger. Temptation because the devil wants you to fall. Two different things. Uh, while I have, so in my little time of working with God, I realized that there are many events in my life at the same time, they can be both a test and a temptation. So while the devil is tempting me to fall, God is also testing me to be strong. Okay? So, <laughs> oh, verse 12, say God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. <laughs> Some of us have been going through the test. You know, the one thing about God, he promises that he will not, he will not leave us, he will not forsake us. So ultimately with God, okay, you fall, stand up, my dust, my son, stand up, my daughter, take on it again. And I'm telling you, when you have that mindset, you will overcome. Since afterwards, they will receive the crown of life that God promises to those who love him. There is a crown of life God will give those who love him. He says, and remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God does not tempt. God tests. God does not tempt. He says, don't say that God is tempting me. 
God is never tempted to do wrong and he, ne- and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice, entice us and drags us away. If temptations are com- constantly coming into your life, James is saying, pay attention. Look, look, in, look inward. Yes, the devil tempts us, but usually he tempts us with our desires. God does not tempt. God tests. But when temptation comes, it comes because of our own desires. What we, we want to eat that we do not yet qualify for. What we want now. I want it now. Faith is now. It must happen now. Sometimes. We have to be careful. Keep your focus on God. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drags, uh, drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful action, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled. My dear brothers and sisters, whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming, from, coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the light in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. God never changes and he never casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. We are his prized possession. Okay, so let me just skip a little bit here. Okay, so because James goes on and talks about look that when we speak, talks about the taming of the tongue, talks about that human anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Uh, One advice that some people need to take this morning, human anger can never produce the righteousness of God. You must be able to tame your tongue with the word of God. James would then talk about what pure and genuine religion really is, and that it is not just piety, and then carrying big Bible and going to church. No. James says, look, true religion. Verse 26. He says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the word corrupt you. Simply love. Eh? Genuine religion, true religion is love. So you cannot practice this, in quotes, this religion that we are talking about. You cannot practice Christianity and not do love because that is what genuine religion is. All right, let's conclude this morning uh, by reading James chapter 5. In James chapter 5, okay, it starts with, you know, encouraging the poor, warning, sorry, warning the rich to tell them not to put their trust in their money. And then it talks about patient endurance and concludes with this, you know, powerful rendition on prayer. So let's read that one. It says, are any of you suffering hardship? You should pray. James chapter 5 verse 13. Any of you suffering hardship? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sing? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. 
And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I love that. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. And I'm telling you this morning, your prayers will produce wonderful results. When you pay attention to the concept that James is teaching us this morning, he says that, look, Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and and the earth began the earth began to yield its crop. But the important part of his prayer is the earnestness with which he prayed. He prayed earnestly. And I'm encouraging you this morning to pray earnestly. Pray with your focus on God. 19 says, my dear brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, <laughs> you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. I like the way another version puts it. He said, do, he said look, in instances like this, eh, those of us who, who are mature, when we bring this person back, eh, we, should, we should do it with maturity. Remembering that when we bring somebody back, we are saving the soul. Hallelujah. All right. So that concludes the book of James. And I'm telling you, if you agree with me, it gives us some basic ethics a believer should pay attention to. Let me conclude by saying this morning, keep your focus on God and God alone. Okay. These are the days where you will meet Christians. They have added something else to God. They have Otumokpo. Otumokpo. Otumokpo charm. They have Otumokpo in their pockets. Yes. And this is not the season to do so. Keep your focus. Keep your gaze on Jesus. And on him alone. And I pray for you this morning. The Lord will not fail you. In the mighty name of Jesus. I pray for you earnestly this morning. That thing that you are trusting God for, the Lord will come true for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say thank you and we give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.